Joe Biden has a plan to get rid of all traces of Donald Trump by thoroughly disinfecting the White House before he moves in. And Bill Gates says we won't see things get back to normal till 2022. And then the Cleveland Indians, they've decided to drop the team name over concerns that it is racist. We've got all that and much more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. Happy Monday. You know, I was looking around this morning thinking there are so many things to be thankful for amidst all of the chaos of 2020. One thing I'm thankful for right now, I get to be at the table with Mr. Eric July, host of For Canon's Sake. Thank you for being back. Thank you for having me. And Rob Eno, also hey, one of my favorites, back. the Place TV media critic. All right, so there is a lot going on. Uh, we've got some, some interesting, kind of shocking stories, and then some that are really good. So we're going to start off with Biden reporting that he's going to remove any trace of Team Trump in the White House after he's inaugurated. So according to the Daily Mail, the media declared president-elect Joe Biden is insisting that the 55,000 square feet that sit at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue need to be thoroughly disinfected prior to the Biden family moving into the residence. So there's about a five-hour window between presidents. That's when 95 staff will have to pack up all of the Trump possessions and move the Bidens in. It says they're going to clean or replace everything. So apparently the incoming president, first lady, they get to choose their new furniture from a secret warehouse. And so they're going to be replacing especially all the soft materials in the house, things like that. But it says that the rigorous cleaning is going to be in part a response to what they consider a haphazard response by President Trump and his staff to the coronavirus. So they're going to thoroughly clean the office. Now, what point do you think Biden is trying to make by doing this? I, I think he's just trying to say that Donald Trump didn't care about the coronavirus, that, you know, it, it's absolute stupidity. They do this every single time a president gets changed, right? I mean, there's been, I think, A&E and History Channel documentaries on it that show how they change the White House and what happens in those five hours. And they always clean the White House. And I'm sure they always disinfect the White House. This is just him trying to come up with something. And, you know, it'll be interesting. Will it be him moving in on January 21st? Or will it be Kamala Harris? So will Kamala Harris do the same thing? We'll see. <laughs> Eric, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's, um, it's a non-point. He knows it's a non-point. But certainly from, you know, he's, he's a politician. You know, this is what he does. And he's going to use it to his advantage to try to make some sort of uh, statement as this is something that he's doing that's, you know, that's special, rather. And he wants to, you know, I think it's, uh, I don't want to say if it's a double entendre, but it kind of is. It's it's like, hey, we're getting rid of who they think is the, the bad, right? While also uh, cleaning up this whole um, entire deal, considering the way that he has handled the coronavirus. But it's a non-point. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered. It would have probably been something that was done regardless. But, hey, this is Joe Biden at his best or his team, rather, at his best um, and doing what they've been doing for years. And that is just playing playing politics. And only the stupid people would say, oh, man, that, that guy's taking it to that guy by doing that. Right. I, th I think you're exactly right. Well, President Trump hasn't been quiet lately either. So he claims he is going to declassify everything over Democrat lying and treason. A lot of people are really excited about this because, you know, President Trump, I have to say, he is one of the presidents that has really done almost everything that he said that he was going to do or has at least tried. So he claims, he tweeted this, he claims that he intends to declassify everything because of his own concern over the Department of Justice and Attorney General William Barr 
because they withheld information about an ongoing DOJ investigation into Hunter Biden, allegedly. So Hunter Biden did acknowledge that he is under investigation over questions regarding his tax returns, unreported income from uh, Ukrainian oil and gas firm Burisma. There's been a lot of questions about his foreign dealings. So he is acknowledging those, but apparently the Wall Street Journal reported that tensions really got high when Trump found out that Attorney General William Barr allegedly knew of the investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings before the election, but didn't make them public. He felt like that may have cost him the election. So here's a clip of Trump talking about just that. Hunter Biden this week has confirmed two investigations on him, one on Jim Biden. You see, the word is you're disappointed that William Barr knew about this in the spring. Well, everybody is. Who isn't disappointed? Right. Joe Biden lied on the debate stage. He said there's nothing happening, nothing happening, and Bill Barr should have stepped up. I'll tell you what. Say what you want about Robert Mueller. When BuzzFeed put out a phony article, I think it was BuzzFeed, but BuzzFeed put out a phony article, Bob Mueller stepped out and he said that article was a phony and then it was ultimately proven no collusion. No, after two years, no collusion. But Bob Mueller stood up and he, he interjected that this article was false. Bill Barr should have done the same thing. All right, so why do you think, Eric, that, that Bill Barr did this? I mean, I think he has a point and you know, we go into the whole declassif- this declassifying everything deal in that the corruption goes higher than what we may think it Well, not me certainly I'm, I'm going to assume it goes all the way to the top anyway but that's more so what this is and yes he's, he, when you consider when it happened the timing of it and you know we talked about it on the show i believe even last week about how you know for it to not even be looked at knowing that it would hurt by they even admitted that mm-hmm. that's that's a little uh, uh troublesome but on a serious note if trump really wanted to go out middle fingers <laughs> you know, he should not only declassify anything. Uh, there's people on the list that need to, I feel, need to be pardoned. We've talking about Julian, um, you know, Assange. Uh, I think he should go out like with a absolute bang. That's the only that would be such the such Trump thing to do to go out with a bang. declassify everything. Pardon the God, the, the Snowdens of the world. And, and let's get on with it. Yeah. You think he should go just full scorched Why, earth on that? All right. Well. What do you think, Rob? I mean, I mean, Peter Schweitzer in his book, uh, Glenn Beck here at The Blaze. Um, a lot of us have known that the Biden family is corrupt forever. When we said it, we were told by the media that we were lying, that it was without evidence. Um, when the emails came up from the laptop, it was told that they were stolen or hacked. They weren't a crack addled Hunter Biden dropped his laptop off and the guy had them and gave them to Giuliani because he's like, like the FBI talked to me. And remember, he said part of the reporting was the FBI talked to me and there was an active investigation and the media said, no, this is false. So you're darn right that Bill Barr should have said it from, from what I've read from what Glenn has shown and what Peter Schweitzer has shown. Joe Biden sits atop basically a criminal enterprise that Rico was made for. That's what he does. He gets vigs from his kids. We have Hunter saying, you know, I had to give the big man money. Mm-hmm. He, he has he has enriched himself off of his quote unquote public service. There's no such thing as public service, but he has enriched himself off of it. As far as the um, the declassification goes, I hope it goes beyond this. Remember, he, Donald Trump said that he would declassify finally the Kennedy assassinations and the CIA and the FBI didn't want him to. Why does the CIA and the FBI not want, what are we, 57 years later mm-hmm. since um, he was 
he was killed, why have we not seen what happened? It's been half a decade. There's nobody you're protecting unless you're protecting that it was the CIA or the FBI that had it done. I mean, that's I mean, I don't know if that's what happened, but that's what you're protecting. Um, The other thing I would really like him to see is you you might have remembered the NBC News and Jerusalem Post story from last week about apparently there's aliens um, on Earth and we've sent people to secret bases on Mars. If that is true, I would love him to do it. I'd also love him to introduce uh, Gordon Shumway from Melmac a graying one as the um, ambassador from Melmac and basically have it be that ALF wasn't a sitcom. It was actually a docu-comedy this, this whole entire time. I mean, let's just, if we're going to do it, let's just go full in and do it. Well, that was kind of my next question. Like, what would you like to see declassified? Because I, I, I mean, I'm a Kennedy, but no relation, but I would yeah. like to know what went on there. Um, I heard Glenn talking this morning about some of the stuff with Martin Luther King. I was just about to mention that. Yeah. yeah. I was about to, that would probably be my, my number one thing. Uh, there, aside from, yeah, if there's aliens, which I think they, they know, um, I think they've been in contact when they might be actually among us. Um, I want to know all of that information, but mo- mo- yeah, exactly. Yeah, but mo- most importantly for me, uh, on a serious note, I think the the Julian Assange thing is to me that 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 pardon I think is that's a clear and obvious one to me, and I would be very disappointed in it if if he did not pardon. Didn't him. do that. Yeah. Also, the White House has also had kind of a tough weekend because they acknowledged yesterday that the U.S. Department of Treasury was hacked by a foreign government. Uh, They didn't offer a whole lot of details about the cyber attack. Um, Reuters said hackers backed by a foreign government have been monitoring internal email traffic at the U.S. Treasury Department um, at an, an agency that decides Internet and telecommunications policies for months, really. They've been reading their emails. They use uh, Microsoft so uh, they just said they can confirm there has been a breach into one of our bureaus. We've asked um, the FBI to investigate, and we cannot comment further at this time. But it, it sounds like this was incredibly serious and, and scary. Um, it sounds like there, the signs are pointing to Russia being behind it, but nothing has been confirmed. How concerned do you think we should be about this? I mean, we should be concerned when, when any foreign entity is attacking our infrastructure and trying to get our governmental secrets. I think we should have very few governmental secrets. I mean, a lot of these things should be foyerable, you know, so maybe the Russians should have just sent a FOIA request and they should have gotten emails that paid for it. Um, but I, I, what I think is funny is we learned this weekend that there are millions of Chinese communist yep. operatives uh, working in companies and governments around the world. We've got Hunter Biden, who's finally being investigated for his ties to the Communist Party, whom he met, by the way, when he was on the plane with Joe Biden, when Joe Biden was vice president, brought him to go set him up with all the deals. Right. So we've learned that. And all of a sudden, when we learn all that, oh, look, Russia did something. Russia is not our geopolitical enemy. They were in the the, like when I was a kid during the Cold War. Mm -hmm. They are basically a failed country. They don't have a lot of money. Their military is in shambles. They can't even get ships that work. The Chinese Communist Party is the number one geopolitical threat. And this, to me, is just another red herring. Oh, look, 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 China. And don't, or look, 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 Russia. Don't look at China. Right. Because, you know, it's Russia. That, that's the immediate reaction that I got when I heard this story this weekend. I mean, it, <laughs> I guess one way to look at it certainly is that... It, it's going to create some sort of tension and some sort of conflict. Any event, there is a foreign, you know, go- another government. Definitely, when you're talking about a government backing 
some sort of what is seen deemed as an attack um, on U.S. be it property, intellectual, if you think that's a thing or not. This is a treasury. Um, to me, that institution in combination with the Federal Reserve has gotten away with a lot of crime. Um, when it comes to devaluing people's money, um, we're talking about, um, you know, selling assets of unborn people by by way of monetizing the debt, which, again, is more of the Treasury in combination with the Federal Reserve, which this is a tangent. And I could go on for the rest of the show. If you like me, that is uh, both of them in tandem are some of the most we want to talk about the crimes they're committing against their own people and it's almost it's, it's virtually gone not even discussed because we consider that as a legitimate institution one of the most rotten things in my honest opinion is the state being in in charge of uh you know money essentially um and monopolizing said money that is a thing i know that's kind of aside from the point but it's a rotten institution that needs to come down anyway so i it, it does it come down by way of russia or china or whoever maybe that's that can that's going to create some other issues it's probably going to send a Sending some of y'all's kids off to war. Uh, but in, in, the institution itself is still rotten. And I think it's hilarious for, for them to be mad when you consider what they do to our own money. Starting off strong, Eric. You know I like it. it. Well, <sighs> we don't have time to get into it, but if you had trouble accessing your Gmail or uh, YouTube or uh, Google Classroom, there was a huge outage yep. this morning. Kind of interesting that it happened right on the heels of the... Uh, Treasury cyber attack, I'm just saying. Uh, but they do have it fixed now. All right, we've got more to come. First, I want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. You know, this year has reminded us of many things, including how important it is to look after the ones that we love. So this holiday season, give the gift of safety, accuracy, and self-defense. Give them iTarget Pro. Because when the government can't or won't protect your family, self-defense really is your only option. But most of us don't have the time to consistently train, Plus, as I'm sure you know, ammo is really expensive right now, so that's why iTarget was invented. Using their proprietary app and laser bullet, you can now train safely in the convenience of your own home with your actual firearm. iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers too, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Today you can save 10% plus get free shipping with the offer code NEWS at checkout when you go to itargetpro.com. So this is the smartest way for you to practice and it pays for itself in just a few days. So this holiday season, give the gift that is a bullseye. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com, offer code NEWS. We'll be right back. Stop the Steel rally in D.C. this weekend. It took an unfortunate turn when four people were stabbed and listed in critical condition. So these rallies started taking place because the Supreme Court put an end to what a lot of people felt was a last-ditch effort to overturn the results of the election. But on Friday, they said they would not hear a lawsuit by the state of Texas. So there were at least a handful of pro-Trump rallies held in D.C., but they were met with some counter-protesters, some Antifa-linked groups. They had a very unfortunate clash where a lot of Black Bloc members, they were seen marching towards police. They were throwing water bottles, bricks at them. Um, a group of Proud Boys were there. One man that was dressed in all black was surrounded by the group of Proud Boys. Uh, some of them are heard yelling, he's got a knife. One person walked behind the man with the knife, hit him in the head with an object. The group then jumped on the man, and apparently that is when the stabbings happened. Uh, these were listed as life-threatening injuries. 
Now, the Metropolitan Police Department, they reported making 23 arrests on Saturday, 10 for simple assaults, six for assaults on police officers, uh, four committed riotous acts. So the police were in full force and really seemed to be taking control of what was going on, which was which was a nice thing to see. Um, news articles kind of make this seem, though, that it's always the Trump supporters starting the violence. What do you think about that, Rob? Um, I, I, I think that's ridiculous. I mean, we have seen a, over a year worth of anarchist riots in the city of Portland um, over and over and over again. The, these are people that were using their First Amendment privilege to go out and protest what they thought um, was a sham election. It's what they thought, not whether or not it is, but what they thought um, should have been done after that Supreme Court thing came out. And you always knew that there was going to be violence. Any time there are people that disagree with the left and show up in force, unfortunately, I think we're going to see it get met with violence now. And we even saw some of it during the Tea Party, right? It wasn't a lot, but there there was an African-American gentleman. um, I I remember this story that was a member of a Tea Party, had on his Don't Tread On Me shirt, the whole thing, and a bunch of leftists came and like beat the crap out of him for not towing the party line, right? So these things have been happening forever. I remember being in a... um, at a standout for a gubernatorial candidate in Massachusetts and the union thugs showed up and they had two by fours and they were pushing this girl into the street. I mean, this type of violence is stuff that the left has done forever and they're going to continue to do it. And the media, who is their ally, is going to continue to say that it's somebody else doing it. I fully expect the Biden administration to name the Proud Boys, a domestic terrorist organization, on day like one. Like it might be after he disinfects and gets some Lysol in the house and gets some new furniture, like the first thing he does is probably going to be to sign something um, to say that. And and the media is going to eat it up and they're going to just say it and they're going to call him a white supremacist organization, even though we know that most of the leadership isn't even white. So Mm -hmm. it's just going to be nuts. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, look. What's happening now is that you're starting to see a lot more, you know, Trump supporters, people on the opposite side, you know, start to exercise their what they feel is their right to to protest. And generally, the violence only happens though when there's a clash with the opposite end doing a doing a uh, counter protest. And I think the the most per, more precise we can be about that, the better off that information is going to be. And let's say, hopefully, people that are watching the show, you know, understand that and don't get to thinking that well, it's these guys initiating this violence even against the um, the opposite group the opposite group you know what they're here to do you like Rob mentioned they've been doing it for a year um, and when often they protest it ends up with destruction of property and all that stuff that's not necessarily what you got uh, this go around because that's not what they generally do I even said this and people called me crazy I told you if the, uh, the election went the opposite way there may be people upset they may be protesting and stuff but you, you don't see that come from the right where they go burn down businesses or go beat up random people just, just for the sake of doing it. that's not how they operate they've never operated like that it generally comes from the left so what they do is try to project what they do onto other sides to try to either equal them out or legitimize what the other side does when they do commit acts um, of violence against them. The problem, though, what a lot of folks don't see, and if you did, you did see the widespread videos, it really wasn't the uh, the. <laughs> the Trump supporters getting the short end of the stick. It was because they were in great numbers this time around. They, the other side got the worst part of this. And this is the unfortunate thing because I don't think that they're prepared for this. A lot of folks on the, on the right have been 
chilling for the most part. They've been good, you know, and that and that that that's that's okay. But as more of this conflict starts to rise, you're going to see them. And again, they have every right to defend themselves in the event that they those people do want to come and attack them. But it's not going to work out in the way that they, I think they think that it will. Mm-hmm. Much like if I like I was said with the protests, if those go to the suburbs or something like that, you're not going to get away with it. So it's best bet that you chill out. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a few minutes to talk about what's going on with Andrew Cuomo because we can't quit talking about him. Uh, A former advisor of his claims that he sexually harassed her for years when they worked together. This is Lindsay Boylan. We've talked about her before. She served as Deputy Secretary for Economic Development and was a special advisor in the Cuomo administration from 2015 until 2018. So she tweeted, yes, New York Governor Cuomo sexually harassed me for years. Many saw it and watched. I could never anticipate what to expect. Would I be grilled on my work, which is very good, or harassed about my looks, or would it be both in the same conversation? This was the way for years. She basically went on to say, uh, I hate that some men like New York Governor Cuomo abuse their power. Do you think the media is going to take these claims seriously like they did with Kavanaugh, or do you think this is just going to get ignored? No, I mean, Andrew Cuomo was a hero for killing more people than anywhere else, in, or the second most people in, for anywhere else in the world. I mean, he got a Kennedy, um, uh, not a Kennedy Center, uh, but the, 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 Kennedy, the, the Kennedy Library for Ed Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. Also got an international yeah, yeah, he got, as well. Yeah, but he got, he got an award along with Governor Charlie Baker uh, of Massachusetts, a Republican. They were number one in three um, majority of their deaths have come from uh, nursing homes and mm-hmm. things like that. So, so if the media is not going to hold Governor Cuomo accountable for killing grandma, they're certainly not going to hold him accountable for yeah. me too. Do you think it's just too a little too late with her? You do. Well, she- I, I don't know if it's that. It's more of like you said. Uh, we live in this age where it has to come from those big corporate media groups in order for the world. Uh, to see it as a legitimate thing like they won't even acknowledge that it was even a thing it's not it doesn't feel legitimate unless they see it they're not going to treat Cuomo though the same way they treated Kavanaugh or anything like that don't don't hold your breath yeah. I mean let, let's remember what the media did to Mike Pence when Mike when it came out that Mike Pence would never be alone with the woman in the same room mm-hmm. um, that it's just what he promised his wife that's how he acted there's a lot of men that do that they told him that he was a leech and he couldn't control himself while all of their allies are going around, people like Weinstein, people like Cuomo, people like this, are going around doing that. Um, and of course, you know, being honest and making sure that there's somebody else in the room uh, when you're doing that is exactly right. I mean, I, my, my favorite thing is, is Keanu Reeves, who every time he takes a picture of women, puts his yeah. hands behind him, <laughs> yeah. and they're like five inches behind. <laughs> exactly. You know, that's the way you, you got to do it these gotta days. Do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. All right. So we still have a whole lot more to talk about. But first, we want to thank our sponsor, Fundrise. And we've heard for years that it's important to have a diversified portfolio, you know, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, that kind of thing. But if you've ever looked at a breakdown of the most successful portfolios, you'll typically see a diversified set of real estate. So why isn't it one of the first asset classes you consider when you're looking to diversify? Well, it's simple. It hasn't been available to investors like you and me until now, thanks to Fundrise. Fundrise is an investing platform that makes investing in high quality, high potential real estate as easy as investing in your favorite stock or mutual fund. So whether you're just starting to invest in real estate or you're looking to add more, Fundrise has you covered. 
Now, to date, Fundrise manages more than $1 billion in assets for 130,000-plus investors. And since 2014, the Fundrise platform has averaged 87 to 12.4% annual returns. So their team of real estate professionals carefully vets and then actively manages all of their real estate projects. And with their easy-to-use website, you can track your portfolio's performance and watch as properties across the country are acquired, improved, and operated via asset updates. So start building your better portfolio today. Get started at fundrise.com y to have your first 90 days of advisory fees Waived. That's F-U-N-D-R-I-S-E dot com slash Y to have your first 90 days of advisory fees waived. Fundrise.com slash Y. We'll be back in a minute. Well, it sounds like it's official that the Cleveland Indians will be dropping their team name. I think we all saw this coming. Uh, it's a shame. It's had the Indian name for more than a century. There are a lot of major league franchises across different sports that have dropped their Native American names over some leftist claims that it's a racist thing. Although there have been a lot of Native Americans that said they didn't find it offensive. They they were happy to see some representation. Uh, but ESPN did confirm that the franchise has chosen to change the name. They haven't made a clear decision on what the rebrand will actually be or when that process will start. So right now, I guess they're just the... Cleveland baseball team, but there are some other sports teams with Native American names, including the Kansas City Chiefs, the Atlanta Braves, and Chicago Blackhawks. They said, we don't have any plans to change our name, but Cleveland is going ahead and doing it. What do you think of the change, Rob? Um, in 2015, I took a 40, I took about a 60-day trip around the country. Um, I met with a lot of different people. I talked to Native Americans. I went on Native American reservations, and, and a lot of them told me that like you said, the Cleveland Indians are their team. The Washington Redskins were their team. They, they, they saw representation. They didn't care about the name. I went on the Navajo Reservation in Northeast um, Arizona and the Red Mesa Band of the Navajo Nation, the Red Mesa High School, their mascot are the Redskins. With the Redskins logo, you've seen um, the Navajo Code Talkers have gone to what, what Washington Redskins games, now the Washington football team. Um, and you saw that. So this is just like everything else that the PC people do. It's like the term Latinx, right? No Latino or Latina would ever use the term Latinx unless they're a committed leftist, right? Mm -hmm. I think I saw I was on with Steve Dace last Friday, and I saw the first person with like a Hispanic last name that used the term Latinx, right? They don't use it. It is something... It's searching for a problem that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. um, it's where we are as a nation. I, if I remember correctly, Chief Wahoo was actually named after a Native American that played for the Cleveland Indians, if I remember my, my history correctly. So they were basically honoring him by naming the team after him. Mm -hmm. um, it's we don't understand our history. Somebody like the, the Chicago Blackhawks, I am sure that the Blackhawk tribe is thrilled like the Sioux Tribe was in North Dakota when the University of North Dakota hockey team used to be the Fighting Sioux. I don't even know what they are now. Mm -hmm. um, that was their team. I'm sure it's the same thing for the Blackfoot. You get a couple of people that get upset. They cause a lot of problems. And it's usually white people and not the native, not the people that are being right. oppressed themselves that think of the ant. Because it's not mocking these cultures. It's right. celebrating them. So I, 
my my husband's family, a part of his family is Native American, and they they love it. So it's very interesting that a lot of Native American people are saying, no, no, don't change it. What do you think? Yeah, here? it's mostly uh, white leftists getting offended on other people's behalf. I said when the Redskins thing happened that we're going to get on the other side of this, and the only thing that will be left are white mascots. Cowboys, Vikings, uh, and Celtics. so forth, fighting <laughs> Irish, right? That's Celtics. All of that's fine. I mean, they literally have a, a, a fighting white man like doing this. It looks kind of like a leprechaun. And, <laughs> and, and that's perfectly fine. White folks don't get offended over it or anything. And for them to, to, to sit here and, and act as if that is an issue, all they're doing is reaching. And it's hilarious because you're seeing or what you're going to see is them taking this, this sort of stuff down. And all that's going to last are these white, white mascots. It's okay to be a Viking, but God forbid you are native and you have some sort of representation on, on a football team, then they are offended. But not the Native Americans, it's the people on right. behalf of the Native That's, a, that's really an interesting point. point. It, it's basically the only thing that will be left is white people, so isn't that racist? Too? Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes. I would think that's like top tier racism. Like, yeah. oh, they, you, you, the only people that are, are allowed to exist are white mascots, even the black ones. We told you, we can't, you can't even have lunch of mama. Can't even have lunch of mama. And that's some good syrup. Man, right. <laughs> All right. So along those same lines, uh, the U.S. Olympic and Paralympic Committee said uh, last Thursday it's going to allow its athletes to protest in support of racial and social justice. Now, demonstrations are strictly prohibited by the International Olympic Committee. But December 10th, that was Human Rights Day. Team USA Council on Racial and Social Justice, they released a statement saying that the council's recommendation is built on the foundation that athletes should have the right to peacefully protest and demonstrate against racial and social injustices and promote human dignity through global sport. Now, Rule 50 of the Olympic Charter declares no demonstration um, or political, religious, or racial propaganda is permitted in any Olympic sites, venues, or other areas. But the Team USA Council noted, we want to make unmistakably clear that human rights are not political, yet they've been politicized both in the U.S. and globally and perpetuate the wrongful and dehumanizing myth of sport as inherently neutral domain. So what do you think team members from places like China or Iran will think when they see Americans protesting in support of for racial My, my thing about justice. the Olympics, and I say this, I'm a track and field athlete, went all the way through the uh, collegiate level. So obviously I love the Olympics, particularly tra track and field. But apparently just compete, competing against each other isn't enough to show that, you know, and being good sportsmen, uh, uh, you know, having that good sportsmanship among each other, shaking hands and, you know, being friends and, and, and having some good form competition when you're seeing the top tier athletes of each nation compete. Apparently that's not good enough. And, and it's bizarre. And this is what I talk about with, with racism, even in this country, why everybody feels the need to sit here and try to protest it in their own way. And I'm like, look around you, bro. Look at hell. We can look at us in this studio and how we all get along. We're of all different races. You have different ethnic backgrounds, uh, both genders. And we're sitting here you know, it's all good. You go to the store, you know, the, the person at, at that said store or the owner, maybe Arab or something like that. You get along with them and it's all good. Nobody seems to look at that 
as if that's a way to show that maybe things aren't as bad mm -hmm. as what they try to make it out. No, they have to try to then have some sort of social statement that they put on the other end of it. And it goes to show that they won't even pay attention to the fact that, well, if there's one way to try to stomp this stuff out, maybe it's competing uh, with each other and being friendly. Like, that's not good enough. No, we have to protest and try to make a social statement. Right. It's like. Keep it simple, stupid. Why in the world do we keep complicating it, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, I was not a college athlete, as you can probably tell, but um, it's uh, what's amazing to me is, and, and I'm all for, if you want to do the protest, I didn't mind what happened in the 1970s, was it the 72 Mexico Olympics? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't mind that. If you want to do it, you want to do it. Um, I don't think that, you know, uh, an international organization that has people on the board, like you said, the China that has virtual concentration camps in their western Uyghur provinces um, that, that employ slave labor, um, that do all kinds of other things, um, you know, Saudi Arabia, all those other countries. So yeah, it's, I, I think there are bigger problems um, in this world and you were absolutely right. I mean, every day I interact with people of different races and we're not at each other's throats. Exactly. Well, we can look forward to that. The uh, Olympic Games will be in Tokyo July 23rd of 2021. Okay, so we still have a lot more to talk about. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Gabby. You know, you are probably overpaying on car and home insurance. And sure, I know you would love to save money, but is spending hours on your own shopping for a lower rate to maybe save a few bucks really worth it? Eh, probably not. So do what I did. Use Gabby. Gabby does all the work for you in just a few minutes. And get this, Gabby customers, they save $961 per year, and that's on average. Gabby takes the pain out of shopping for insurance by giving you an apples-to-apples -apples comparison of your current coverage with 40 of the top insurance providers like Progressive or Nationwide and Travelers. You just link your current insurance account, and in just minutes, you'll be able to see quotes for the exact same coverage that you currently have. So that's what I did. I logged in with my insurance provider. Gabby showed me multiple quotes so I could see how much money I could save. And if they can't find you savings, they'll let you know so you can relax knowing that you already have the best rate out there. And they will never sell your information, so no annoying spam or robocalls. So you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check out. There's no obligation. Go to Gabby.com slash Y. That's G-A-B-I dot com slash Y. We'll be right back. Well, Bill Gates is just really trying to brighten everybody's day by saying that things won't be back to normal until 2022. Well, thanks for that, Bill. Let's take a listen. Certainly mask wearing uh, has essentially no downside. They're not expensive. Bars and restaurants in most of the country will be closed as we go into this wave. And I think, sadly, that's appropriate. Depending on how severe it is, the decision about schools is much more complicated because they're, you know, the benefits are pretty high. The amount of transmission is not the same as in restaurants and bars. So, uh, you know, trade-offs will have to be made. But this, the next four to six months, uh, really call on us uh, to, to do our best because we can see that this will end and you don't want, you know, somebody you love to be the last to die of coronavirus. Certainly by the summer, we'll be way closer to normal than we are now. But even through early 2022, unless we help other countries get rid of this disease and we get high vaccination rates in our country, the risk of reintroduction will be there. And of course, the global economy will be 
slowed down, which hurts America economically in a pretty dramatic way. So we'll have, starting in the summer, about nine months where a few things like big public gatherings uh, will still be restricted. But, you know, we can see now that somewhere between 12 to 18 months, and we have a chance, if we manage it well, uh, to get back to normal. So real uplifting stuff, yeah. <laughs> real uplifting stuff for a Monday. Um, there are 110,000 restaurants that have permanently closed just in 2020 alone. 17% of America's restaurants, and that's according to the National Restaurant Association. What's interesting to me, Gates is worth $120 billion. I mean, should he really have a say about whose businesses should or shouldn't be shut down? Um, I, I like that's exactly what I say. Third richest man in the world, fourth richest. It depends on the day that he that he wakes up, whether or not he like lost a billion or gained a billion dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, you know, you go to bed and then you wake up in the morning, you're a billion dollars richer. Hey, what a great day. Mm-hmm. Um, but for him to say what businesses can and can't be open and to say it so cavalierly mm-hmm. to him, for him to say, well, you know, with schools, we have different things because it's important that people get you know, to school. Well, it's important for that person that, that invested their blood, sweat, and tears for that business for them to be able to continue their business. And for you to say that transmission isn't the same in a school as it is not. No, the reason that it doesn't matter really with schools is because kids aren't dying from coronavirus. So even if they get it, they're not going to have it. Right? It, it has come out this week. The CDC is saying that most of the transmission is happening at home. Um, just like it was in the spring. It's happening in places like New York through shared ventilation systems. The buildings have shared ventilation systems. You're seeing increased rates again in the Northeast than you are in the South. Of course, they're, they're higher than they were in the spring here in Texas, but the deaths are about the same or a little bit lower. This disease is losing its effectiveness. And if you think for a minute that someone like Bill Gates, who who's probably excited about this because of all his work with virology and things like that now, that they're not going to find something else to keep us locked down for 2022. Mm-hmm. If we don't stop this now, they will. I said it last week. The only way to fight this is for the businesses that have shut down to sue their government for illegal takings under eminent domain because their businesses were shut down for the public good. And in many states, the ability to take and get money from the state is written into the civil defense laws that they're using to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I have so many words that I would love to use for Bill Gates that are not appropriate for this show, but I d- <laughs> really despise how people can just so casually say that this person's bar, this person's business should shut down and it's appropriate and just say it so easily as if that's not a person that is invested in that. They don't have people that actually work there that depend on that. You mentioned the numbers, which are insane insanely high the amount of restaurants that are not like closing down for a short period of time they're done and for him to say that and these elites continue to act as if we must hold the country hostage picking and choosing who can operate their business is absolutely criminal let's call it what it is it is it is criminal um and and it's very unfortunate because for whatever reason we see because maybe it's because of his investments in in this particular field but bill gates has been taunted as this expert in in this regards i don't know who died and made this guy king of everybody but on a serious note these guys are criminals i believe they should be treated 
like that, meaning that you should not be taking them serious when they get out there and try to tell you to shut down mm -hmm. as they sit in their high rise or, or wherever it is making their billions of dollars and, and it's all good. But I particularly took issue with that transmission deal because he's like, yeah, well, it's a little more complicated. Uh, Rob kind of touched on it. But I want to see what the receipts are on that the transmission is happening at the restaurants because anytime or, or definitely in, in, in this country where you see that they close those downs, they don't really have an impact on, on the cases, which is all everybody's worried about. So I need to see the receipts that the the transmission is happening there anyway when you say that they're the first to close down. No, you just don't find them as a necessity and you think that that is OK because you don't find them essential. And again, that makes you a criminal as far as I'm concerned. Well, and it just some things that I think Bill Gates could probably spend some time reading today. Depression among children, it has increased substantially under lockdown. There was a study of children between the ages of seven and a half and 11 and a half. And I mean, their depression symptoms have increased uh, at a level that you never, ever hope to see. And on that same note, the CDC says that child abuse hospitalizations increased significantly during the pandemic. Uh, it's ab abuse of uh, child abuse, neglect for children under the age of 18. So the emergency room visits may have plummet, but plummeted, but the hospitalizations of children suffering from abuse and neglect has increased quite a bit. What kind of damage are we doing? Well, those are the, between that and the deaths from despair. This is stuff that we have been warning them for uh, back in March. They acted like the only thing that you could die from was coronavirus. So you just lock everything down. They never even considered the the other effects, the unintended. Uh, uh, maybe they are intended. I don't know. These consequences that will come from that including exactly that. We talked about uh, depression and suicide and all of those that are going up. Or rather the, you know, the cost suicide calls and such that are going up because you have derailed people's livelihoods. They've been living one way and you just pulled a rug from under. What do you think was going to happen? But my issue is that they won't take responsibility for that. But God forbid you be against lockdowns or you be against, um, you know, mass mandates. And they say you're responsible for every dead grandmother. Yeah. All right. We got to go to break. But thoughts from you, Rob, real quick. Unexpectedly. All unexpectedly, yeah. right? We, we nobody knew nobody that this knew. was nobody knew that this was going to happen. It was common sense that this was going to happen. Um, instead of protecting the vulnerable, they destroyed our livelihoods and they killed the elderly. Yeah, and our younger generations do. paying the price too. All right, we got to go to break. We'll be back on a happy note with our question of the day. Stick around. So we can't go out like that. We gotta yeah. lift it up yeah. a little bit, so, right? So I'm proud to be. We asked you on Friday, would you take the COVID-19 vaccination? 62.3% of you said, nope, not doing it. You Should guys? have been an option for hell, no. <laughs> I'll let everybody else take it. And if they don't fall on the street and die and the zombie apocalypse doesn't start, then yeah, I'll take it. Then you'll take it. <laughs> All right, so our question for today, will you remain politically engaged if and when, if or when, excuse me, I gotta be careful here, when President Trump leaves office? Uh, I abandoned politics long before, uh, you know, Donald Trump. You know, I'm not even a Donald Trump supporter. So my answer, if it is worded in that way, of course, I'm not politically engaged right now. 
I mean, I, I, I suppose, or, or we just burn it all down. We do one of those types of things. Secession, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Secession, yeah. let's do it. Join up on Team Nihilism. There's been a lot of secession talk lately. That's, that's no, I'm dead serious, America. That may be the only way and the most peaceful way. Don't Never mind what happened back in the gap. That may be the most peaceful way that we get on the other side of this. Is something, if you, if you didn't consider it, you should be considering it now. A lot of people talk. A lot of people are very, very yes, serious about yes. it. You're right. You're obviously one of them. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So if people want to know more about you, follow you. Where do they need to go? At Eric uh, D. July on Twitter, forecannonsake.com. If you want to listen to the podcast. Awesome, Rob. At Robino on Twitter and Parlor. Perfect. I'm at Hillary Kennedy. Hillary with one no L. <laughs> and no relation to Kennedy. <laughs> so, but I do want to, I want him to declassify yes, those files. Yes, yes. Bring it on, President Trump. Declassify all. <laughs> we want to know everything. Thanks for listening to the News and Why It Matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.